0: Hey, thanks for tuning in to New Glasgow Christian Church. My name is Stephen Weatherby, and I'm the pastor here at NGCC, a small rural church with a big heart located in central Prince Edward Island, Canada. We're glad you're here. This week, we are finishing our Advent series called What Child Is This? A study of the four names given to the promised Messiah in Isaiah 9, 6. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. Well, I know it's been a really discouraging week uh, right before Christmas to have a bunch of new restrictions and for COVID to kind of pick up again, but I was just reading this devotional this week, and it kind of got me thinking. Uh, the, the first Christmas wasn't overly convenient for them either. Uh, in, the, in the story, we all know that Jesus was born in a stable in a manger in, in this story, but we don't really think about the circumstances that brought them to that point, which is that Caesar issued a decree that they had to go for the census to their hometown. And so I feel like if your wife is eight or nine months pregnant and you suddenly find out in that day, of course, you had to go on, uh, on foot uh, or, or, or find an animal to ride, uh, when your wife's eight or nine months pregnant, that's pretty inconvenient. <laughs> Um, and for the government to say, hey, I don't care that your wife's pregnant, you have to go to your hometown for your census uh, days away. Uh, And so I I guess it was just kind of a reminder to me that whatever is going on in the world, whatever kind of restrictions have to come down, even if it's right before Christmas, uh, that God's always in control. And if they hadn't had to go to this this stable and, and, and have their baby there, then we wouldn't have... Uh, all these years of cute Christmas plays because having your baby at home wouldn't be quite as good of a setting. So uh, God's always in control. Um, and whatever happens, uh, it's always his plan. So uh, I think we can take courage and, uh, and comfort in that uh, and know that if it isn't convenient at Christmas, it's kind of tradition. So. Ephesians 2, verses 14 to 18. For he himself is our peace And peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. So this is the final Sunday before Christmas. In the last three weeks we've been in Advent, uh, this period in which we celebrate and anticipate the coming of Jesus as a baby into this world. But 700 years before Jesus was born, Israel was in a dark period of its history. But even when the darkness, pain, and suffering seemed overwhelming, God sent them a message of hope through the prophet Isaiah. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And this child, this son, will be called by four names. And so for the past three weeks, uh, we've been studying these four names to see what they have to say about the character, nature, and mission of this child, who we know to be Jesus Christ, but they didn't know who this child would be yet. So, the first week we talked about the first name, Wonderful Counselor. As our Wonderful Counselor, Jesus is our advocate before God the Father, and He's also our advisor through His Word and through the Holy Spirit. We also learned that the word wonderful truly means that His counsel leaves us with wonder. We, it's incomprehensible to us. Second, He will be called Mighty God. Jesus is God in the flesh, with all the power and might that comes with that. And we talked about the two different uh, sides of that, that as God Almighty, he is our creator and our sustainer, but as God our hero, or Al-Gabor, which is the name here, he is our redeemer and our restorer, saving us from sin and restoring us to a right relationship with God the Father. Then last week, he will be called Eternal Father, or Everlasting Father in a lot of translations. Jesus is looking after and providing for our spiritual needs and protecting us from evil by providing us with all the tools that we need to overcome it. But also as the father of eternity, he has created a path or given birth to a path for us to reach eternal life. And then today we come to this final name that the child will be called by, Prince of Peace. So let's begin with prayer and then we'll dig into this final name as we come into this last week before Christmas. Father God, I thank you so much for this day and this season. And I thank you so much that no matter what's going on in the world around us, we can put our hope and trust in you because you are all powerful and you are in control. I just ask that as we come into this season and into this last week, you would fill us with hope and love and peace and that you would open our hearts to hear your word this morning. So in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, so first of all, uh, as we've done for the first three weeks, let's read through the prophecy in its entirety just so it's fresh in our mind and we're kind of thinking about it as we go into this. So Isaiah 9, verses 2 to 7. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel, and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod, just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior and the uniforms bloodstained by war will all be burned. They will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, and to us a son is given. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, mighty God, eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. All right, so each of these weeks, uh, I've just quickly reminded us um, why names were so important in the culture this prophecy was written in, uh, and every week, just in case there was anyone who wasn't here, I'll give a quick recap uh, the 30-second synopsis um, of why they're so important. So today we choose names because of the way they sound. Uh, we like the way a name sounds. Sometimes we know the meaning or we like the meaning, but we wouldn't choose a name that sounds dumb because the meaning's nice. Uh, We wouldn't do that today. But back then, they chose names because they revealed something very literally about the person who they were given to, whether it was who they were already or who they would become. And the example I've given of this is Esau. His name literally means hairy because when he was born, he had a lot of hair. So it's very literal. Uh, And then Abraham was a new name given to Abram by God, which means father of nations. So it's a very literal revealing of who he would be. Uh, And so these names, when they were given, it wasn't because they sounded nice. They meant something about that person. And the same applies here for this prophecy. These names are meant to do something for us. They're not just names. Their, Their purpose in the prophecy is to tell us specifically who this child would be. And then we also talked about the fact that by choosing not one but four names... Isaiah is also saying that one name is not enough, it's not sufficient to sum up what we need to know about this child. So this week, we come to the name Prince of Peace, Uh, and in um, all of these names, there's usually two pieces to it, so we have not just a counselor, but a wonderful counselor, not just a God, but mighty God, And, and same with Eternal Father, and then this week, Prince of Peace. So what is peace? And... I do this with all the names, it usually sounds at first like a rhetorical question, um, but I promise it's not. Uh, Here in North America, we would say peace is the absence of conflict or war. Uh, If there's no war, there is peace. That's how we would define peace. Uh, It's a very simple definition. But we're going to have to go a little deeper than that here, uh, because it's not sufficient to explain what this name means. It's actually a little ironic that in the very place that Jesus, or the Prince of Peace, was born, there was pretty much always, through church history and before the church, there's always been conflict and war in this region. Just one story. I'm a a big history nerd. Uh, If you don't know that about me, you're about to find out. Uh, But back in the 1800s, in Bethlehem, there was a church called the Church of the Nativity. I think it's still there today. Um, But in the 1800s, there was a star on the Church of the Nativity. And so the Roman Catholic Church one day decided they wanted to take down the star and put up their own. But the Greek Orthodox Church wouldn't let them do that. Uh, And so the Orthodox Church was backed by Russia, the Catholic Church was supported by France and England, but it was Turkey who controlled Palestine at the time. So when Turkey sided with the Roman Catholic Church about this star, again, we're just talking about a star on the side of a church. Like It's not like it's a big international thing, or it shouldn't be. Um, but when Turkey sided with the Catholic Church, Russia declared war on Turkey. And then France and England jumped in and declared war on Russia. And that's what we now call the Crimean War. <laughs> uh, there, there's a little more to it than that, but, um, you know... This is the, the, the town where Jesus was born. So I would say that as Christians, we have not done much better in bringing the absence of conflict or, or, or this kind of peace to the world than those before us. And history is full of these sad and depressing stories and examples of hatred and sin and evil overcoming the peace or harmonious relations or the absence of conflict. And so if we're wondering, or if we're working with our own definition of peace today, and we're reading this, that Jesus will be the Prince of Peace, we may wonder where this peace on earth is that Jesus was supposed to bring. But that was actually a mixed message, and this is why I asked what peace is. So here, Jesus is the Prince of Peace, but Matthew 10, 34 to 36 says this. Don't imagine that I came to bring peace here on earth. I came not to bring peace, but a sword. I've come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Your own enemies will be right in your own household. So this is the words of the Prince of Peace. So Jesus is supposed to be the Prince of Peace, but he didn't come to bring peace. That makes no sense. How do we figure that one out? And I kind of want to jump back a couple months ago to our sermon series on James to to kind of answer that question. Uh, You might remember back in James, we were trying to figure out the contradiction between Paul and James. Paul said that we're saved by faith alone and not by works. But James says, if we have faith and no works, our faith is dead, it's useless. That doesn't make sense. (laughs) But you may remember that when we concluded, we decided that they did not actually disagree. They just meant different things when they said faith. And this is something similar. Um, In English, both of these places say peace. Our English word, peace. Uh, But the tricky thing with translating the Bible into English is that sometimes we either translate things poorly or we just don't have a good English equivalent to use. So the word translated as peace in Matthew 10, that don't think I came to bring peace verse, it's ironin, which has... Um, the sense of what we would consider peace today, harmonious relations and freedom from disputes, especially during the absence of war. And that's, that's very similar to what we would consider peace today. But the word we translate as peace in Isaiah 9:6, 6 the prince of peace, is the Hebrew word shalom. You've probably heard that word before. Now, shalom can definitely mean peace by today's standards, but that's too narrow of a description. Shalom is often used as a description of health, wholeness, harmony, and completeness. To have shalom is not to just have a quiet, peaceful life, to not be at war, or to fight people. It's to be fulfilled in every way. It's to have true inner peace. So it's very important to understand the difference here. Because Isaiah says the child will be the prince of shalom. But then the Prince of Shalom himself says to us that he did not come to bring us ironing, or peaceful and harmonious relations. He came to bring us mechiron, a knife, or a sword, or war. So this name, Prince of Peace, the point of it during his ministry while he was here, it's not world peace. And that's kind of a little different than what we normally think of when we hear the word Prince of Peace. It's on Shalom, He's the prince of wholeness, harmony, completeness, and fulfillment. So I think that gives us a good sense of what's meant by peace in that, fa- in that passage, the, the prophecy in Isaiah 9. So let's talk about that first part of the title, prince, before we move forward. So what does it mean that he's the prince of Shalom? That's a little easier to explain. Whenever you hear prince, obviously there's the initial assumption that we're talking about royalty. Uh, you know, someone who is connected in some sort of way to a royal family. And obviously that does play into this, um, but it's directly tied to the word peace. And, and so in this sense, I think really it's talking about someone who's prominent or best in their field at what they do. If you ever heard the, the phrase, he's a prince among men? Uh, that's a good example of this. It's someone who's best at someone, outstanding in their area. So applying that to this title, Shalom is health, wholeness, harmony, completeness, fulfillment. And this child, Jesus, is the prince of that. He's the best and most prominent at bringing Shalom into this world. Now all these names that we've studied tell us something about who this child would be. This is who this child would be. He isn't just a bringer or a deliverer of peace. He is the prince of peace. Iron and peace is all about people in the world getting along. But shalom is about something bigger. It's inner spiritual peace. uh, Peace that fills all of you. And that is what this child will bring to us and what he delivers to us. So with that understanding of this title... Uh, and what it really means, and also understanding, as with all of these titles, that Jesus is the only person who could possibly fill this role for us. Let's talk about what that means for us and how it impacts our lives today. So first, if Jesus is the Prince of, of Shalom and you have accepted him, Jesus has brought you completeness, wholeness, and fulfillment. He has brought you Shalom. In our natural state, after the fall of humanity, we are in a state of rebellion against God. We chose sin. And because of that, we were unacceptable and under God's condemnation. Not because he hates us, but because he is a perfect being whose very nature cannot be in the presence of evil. Now, God is also omnipotent, which means all-powerful. He can do all things. Which means he can stand in our presence, we just can't stand in his. And you see that uh, in the Exodus, when God comes down on the mountains and the Israelites come up, and God tells Moses, make sure they don't come up on the mountain or they will die. And that shows both that he can't be in our presence because we'll die because he is all good and we are evil, but also it shows his love for us. He doesn't want us to die. He loves us, and he created us to live in his presence. He walked in the garden with us. But once we sinned, we had a debt. The wages of sin is death. And that left us separated from God. And it introduced sin into the world, and pain, and suffering. You can't just remove the core of your identity as a created being. To live in the presence of God, and not notice the large hole that's left in its place. We've spent thousands of years trying to fill this hole with whatever earthly pleasures that we can, whether it's money, love, lust, adventure, music and art, religions, anything. We're trying to fill the hole with created things that can never truly satisfy us or bring us shalom. But through this child, through Jesus, our debt is paid. We are free from the chains of sin, and now God has come to live in us, through his Holy Spirit, bringing us true shalom, inner completeness, fulfillment, and peace. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Now that we are restored in our relationship with him, our purpose and meaning in life is restored. We are whole, complete and fulfilled we can have a relationship with our creator again because jesus came and restored what was broken the hole in our lives is filled through jesus the second thing i want you to remember from this is that jesus will one day bring us peaceful and harmonious relations just because the world is still not completely restored does not mean that that is not something we have to look forward to it will be restored just as we have been. And we talked about this a few weeks ago, how God or how Jesus is sustaining this current broken system so that as many as possible will have the chance to be saved. But at some point he will come back, everything will be made new, and it will be made unbroken and whole. Isaiah 11, one 9 says: In that day the wolf and the lamb will live together, the leopard will lie down with the baby goat. The calf and the yearling will be safe from the lion, and a little child will lead them all. The cow will graze near the bear, the cub and calf will lie down together, the lion will eat hay like a cow. The baby will play safely near the hole of a cobra, yes, a little child will put its hand in the nest of deadly snakes without harm. Nothing will hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for as the waters fill the sea, so the earth will be filled with people who know the Lord." And then Isaiah 2.4, The Lord will mediate between nations and settle international disputes. They will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will no longer fight against nation, nor train for war anymore. So while Jesus is sustaining this current broken world that we live in, so that anyone who wants to be saved has the opportunity, remember that Jesus didn't just come to restore us, but also to restore shalom to all creation. And that is something that we still get to look forward to. So as we conclude this week, as we come into this final week of anticipation and celebration of the birth of our Savior, I pray that you would experience and be filled with shalom, a peace so powerful that it is beyond understanding through the restoring power of Jesus Christ. Throughout this Advent season, we have been reminded of who this child would be, what he came to do, and what he is still doing for us today. As our wonderful Counselor, he advocates on our behalf and provides us with counsel. As our mighty God, as our hero, he is the creator of everything, and he is saving us from ourselves. As our Eternal Father, he's looking after and providing for our spiritual needs, And protecting us from evil by providing us with the tools that we need to overcome it. And then as the Father of Eternity, he's also created a path to eternal life for us to walk into. And then finally, as our Prince of Peace, he brings us shalom, wholeness, completeness, and fulfillment in him. And one day, as the Prince of Peace, he is coming to restore the world as well. To bring peaceful and harmonious relations So the question through this whole series is, what child is this? Who who is this child? But this is who the child is that we celebrate every year. He's our wonderful counselor, our mighty hero, God, the father of eternity, and our prince of peace. This is who Jesus is. My prayer is that as we celebrate Christmas with our loved ones, that we would also be filled with the love and power of Jesus in our lives. So I'll close with Jude verse 2. May the mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Father God, I thank you so much for all that we have to celebrate. And as we come into this season, that we would just be filled with thankfulness and gratitude for the love that you've had for us to send your son into this world to die for us. I just ask that as we spend time with our families that you would give us safe travels and that you would be with all of us uh, and and just fill us all with Shalom as we come into this new year. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Once again, thanks for tuning in. We hope that this week's teaching was a blessing and an encouragement to you. If you live in the New Glasgow area, we would love for you to come and to join us for our Sunday gathering. For information on service time, location and more, check out our website at ngcc.ca. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.